What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Three Circle Students podcast. Obviously, TC is not here. Hey, guys, my name's Isaac, and uh, Megan's not here either, but we have the Swiss Army knife that we like to call Jeremy. Jeremy, say hey. Hey. Why is it, why is it obvious that TC's not here because he never lets you do the intro when he's here? I think so. That's messed up. I think so. I think you should. He's just, he's just trying to take over. Yeah. Yeah. I he, think you have a great podcasting voice. You should do some intros more wow. often. Wow. I don't know if anybody listens to the Tip Bros podcast, but Jeremy's the host on there. And uh, that's why we call him the Swiss Army Knife. He just he teaches and students. He leads a podcast. He does tech. He does creative stuff. And what else do you do, Jeremy? That's about it. Okay. Yeah. That's I, I'd awesome. probably say that's about it. Um, I make coffee. Just for myself only, not like professionally. <laughs> Just for yourself. Okay. Okay. All right. So we got a draft going on today. Uh, I like doing drafts. I don't know about I don't know about you, Jeremy. Same. It just uh it just makes me think about things that I like. Agreed. <laughs> okay. So today's draft. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, we're preparing for this just a little bit, Jeremy. I'll let you go first since you're our very special oh, yeah. special guest. Uh, and so today's draft is going to be the best leftover foods, like the best foods as leftovers. And so here's an example. Sushi, not a good leftover yeah, food. Yeah, kind of gross. Right? You don't want to eat sushi for leftovers. However, pizza, that could be argued as a number one choice for leftovers. it was leftovers. made for leftovers. Exactly. Okay. okay. I will say, though, Core takes sushi to school sometimes that's from... Publix, you know, we go get this public sushi. Okay, yeah. She'll yeah, take yeah. it school for lunch, so yeah. it's technically leftovers, but uh, still kind of gross. I'm not a fan. Okay, okay. But I let her. Do, I let her That's do fair. her. That's fair. Okay, Jeremy, number one, number one pick. We'll do a snake draft. Do it that way. So, all right, number one pick. And I'm a big pizza guy, but I'm gonna go gumbo. Gumbo, dude. Gumbo. Well, look, it's always better when it sits. It's one of those things. It's always better later. Um, and of course, you cook it, you make it, you eat it, you put it back in the fridge, you warm it up the next day, and it's better. Okay. Okay. It's better. That's okay. That's okay. Well, uh, speaking of pizza, I'm going to say pizza uh, for me. Uh, but not, you don't, you don't need to warm it up in the microwave. Okay. Okay. That's the wrong way to do it. Is it? Warm it up in the air fryer. The bottom gets a little more crispy. And everything, it just it just tastes better. the The cheese melts a little bit better in the air fryer, and so pizza in the air fryer as leftovers might be better than coming from the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But the pro- the problem with that pick is you're you're saying that it's only good in the air fryer. What if I don't have an air fryer? What if I only have a microwave? Hmm. Now that pick's not so good. Interesting. Just a thought. That's a that's a good thought. That's a good thought. Okay, so I'm going to stick with uh, the Italian side of the food, and I'm going to say spaghetti. Mm. Yeah, that was on my list because spaghetti is the same as gumbo. It's better after it sits for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually, I I, uh, I hate spaghetti okay. when we make it on the first night. Hate it. But the next day, I dude, love it. Dude, it's just something about eating lunch with spaghetti the next day after you know, it's just better. Throw a little ranch on there. Whoa. Well, I mean, 
be honest, that's debatable. Yeah, I mean, that's a debatable topping for spaghetti. Um, you know, there's a lot of other options out there that would have been way above ranch. But <laughs> okay, do you put ketchup on your mac and cheese? Are you that guy? No, I'm okay, not. I'm not. I'm not three years old. Okay, I didn't know. I mean, ranch on your spaghetti is kind of same ballpark. All right, so oh, it's man. my turn. Okay, yep, yep. pick um, number round number two. Pick two. Well, to be fair, pizza and spaghetti were both on my list, so now I don't have that. So you know what I'm going to go with? I'm going to go with Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Chick-fil-A chicken a, nuggets. That might be a hot take. Because here's the deal. Uh, you don't want to sandwich the day after. There's no really great way to warm that up and it'd be good. But the nuggies, dude, you could throw in the air fryer. You could microwave them if you're crazy. You could throw them in the oven for a minute. You know, you could cut them right down the middle, cut them in half, so you get like twice the nuggies, and they get warm and crispier faster. It's actually like low-key a great uh, leftover meal. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, you might have sold me on that, but I'm not sold yet. Well, try it. Okay. All right. What's your last pick, Jeremy? Oh, yeah. It's my turn again. Yeah. Oh, dang. Please don't pick what I'm thinking of right now. A day after leftover meal. Hmm, this is tough. Okay, I'll, I'll go with this because I do this a lot because we make these at my house pretty often. Fajitas. Okay. Fajitas. We make okay. fajitas. I love fajitas. Chicken fajitas are like my favorite meal. We do it almost once a week. And um, if we do it right, we make enough where there's leftovers. So the next day, I get those those peppers and those onions and that chicken back out. Ooh, I warm it right back up. And I just, I don't even put it on a, Tortilla, I just scarf it down. Yeah, immediately. Come on, after I warm it up. So and it's it's delicious. Okay, well my my last pick was gonna be just Mexican food in general. So mm. I guess that's stolen. Um, oh my gosh, I didn't I didn't even have a backup pick. I didn't. I, I was definitely not thinking you were gonna choose fajitas. Okay, okay. How about? The clock's ticking. I know. I'm 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 at a loss right now. Okay, we had this recently. Brunswick stew. I don't even think I understand the concept of Brunswick stew, so I'm gonna need you to explain it to me. Okay, so Brunswick stew is a combination of pork and chicken and a bunch of vegetables. Oh, that sounds delightfully gross. It is so good. And so I just eat it with, you know, get a bowl, get two pieces of bread, and that's my meal. That's what I've been eating for lunch for the past, like, three, four days. Yeah, I'm not a big stew guy. It just makes me think I'm a peasant in, like, the 14th century <laughs> in England somewhere, like, and that's what they would survive off of. Well, since it's been a, a little chilly outside, it's kind of made me just feel warm and, like, fallish. So. Mm. You know what? And since you mentioned that, I don't know why I didn't say this. I totally have like taco soup in my fridge right now as leftovers. That's a great. That's a great. Anything like that is a great warm up meal. Chili, white yeah. chicken chili. Yeah. I should have said that. Dag nabbit. Oh, dude. In college, oh. in college, I lived off of those Campbell's chunky soups. Mm. Lived. Yeah. Okay. You a big Eagles fan? I mean, I like Jalen Hurts. Oh well, I thought Donovan McNabb's like, <laughs> mom was the. With the chunky soup lady, you uh-huh. see the chunky soup lady. Isn't uh, uh these isn't, kids don't remember Donovan McNabb at this point. I know. Isn't the Kelsey brothers? Are they doing those commercials now? Uh they're doing the Pfizer commercials, baby. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, hey, they're vaccinated and proud. <laughs> that's right. 
Hey, I don't know about you, but uh, maybe you had a different uh, leftover food choice. Maybe you guys agree with me and me and Mr. Jeremy. Who knows? Let us uh, know. Yeah, let us know in some form or fashion. I don't know how you're going to let us know, but let us know. Let us know. I want to know what we forgot off the list. Yeah, that's the biggest thing because there are a million things out there that we left off. Yep. And probably are way better than Brunswick's do. That's right. Okay. So, Jeremy, we have started a brand new series called best life now i know what you guys are thinking what are you guys talking about we need to live our best life yes we want you guys to live your best life and so jeremy help us understand that just a little bit better like what does that mean to live our best life well isaac i started off last night with this because i think this is an important piece of the christian life is that god hasn't asked us to go and live a better life, right? That's the first part. Second part is he's offered us the best life, but I think we're too okay sometimes with just living a better life. Just once we become a Christian, we're like, oh, I just got to do better than I used to be, and that's what I got to do. But he's offering us something so much greater than that, and I think sometimes we don't quite accept it and go that route. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, our our kind of theme verse. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of two verses, but uh, this whole series we're going to be in the book of Philippians and Philippians chapter one verse six, and then I'm gonna skip skip down a little bit and read verse nine. But this is what it says: It says, "I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And then verse 9 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. And then verse 10, I'll read verse 10 for us. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. And I think that is the best life. Man, whenever we fully understand, whenever we fully believe in the mission and the plan and just the purpose that God has for us, man, Whenever we understand that, that's living our best life. Right. And my you know, my translation actually says the word best, which to me is like perfect for this series. In verse 10, it says, so that you'll be able to discern what is best. Like, that's what Paul is saying is there there is a best out there for you. You don't have to settle for better or good or okay. There, there is a best out there for you, and here's how you do it. You grow in your knowledge. You grow in your understanding. You grow in your love. And then back to verse 6, just understanding that it is a process. Like, he has started something good in us, and if we allow him to, and we, we release control of everything, like, he's going to complete that for us. He's, he's going he's gonna to make us better and make us best. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so last night we got into verse uh, 12, and then we skipped on down a little bit again and read uh, verses 21 through 24. But this is what it says in verse 12. It says, uh, Paul writes, he says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And so we can stop right there and say, okay, what happened to Paul? Like, like, what has he said? Like, what's happened to him that has advanced, that has served to advance the gospel? So this dude, Paul, was preaching the gospel out in the streets and he got thrown into prison. Now, whenever we think about that, we're like, Paul, you're saying that is good that you got thrown into prison? Well, 
I don't think Paul necessarily thought that being thrown into prison was good because way back in the day, prisons are not what they look like now. They were cold. They were dark. They were wet. They were sleeping on dirt floors. They were chained to a prison guard, right? It just was not a good situation at all, right? It was not fun, period. But I think he was happy that he got put in that situation so that he could advance the gospel in somewhere that he might not have had the opportunity to do, uh, uh, had the opportunity to advance the gospel. And so as we look at Paul's life, as we look at him almost being happy about being thrown into prison. And so, man, how can, uh, man, how can Paul feel that way? Man, how can he act that way, even in the middle of that terrible, 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 terrible situation? Well, it's a great question, and when you look at Paul's life before even he writes this, like, I mean, he's run out of town most places he goes. He's almost killed. He's shipwrecked. He's in prison multiple times for years at this point. How the heck is this guy happy? How does he have joy? I don't, I really don't, I mean, I, I don't really know. I think I know just from reading, and to me, Isaac, once you read through this and you're like, Ask the question, and I asked this question last night, like, what is his source of joy? Like, I want to get to the source of it, figure out why, and then maybe that could help propel us forward. And so, for me, as you read this chapter and, and some of the stuff you just read, it's this idea. He can see God moving in the midst of the worst circumstances, right? He can see God at work, not just outside of him, still in him. He's working things for him. And even once you get down towards the end, like you said, you guys read through 21 through 24, 25 last night, you see that he's saying like, he's wrestling with his life and his death thing, but he's like, I'm pretty confident I'm going to get out of here. I can still see God working in this, in this prison cell. I still see God at work for me and for the the movement and the the pushing forward of the kingdom. I can still see him doing all this. And so that's where his joy comes from to me is the the idea that he's not alone, he's not forgotten, and that God is working all things for his favor. Yeah, I think I think that's the key. I mean, whenever I read this, I just see I just I just see, and I think we hit on this last night, is Paul, we feel like he didn't view his life as checking things off for God. Right. Paul, Paul was a follower of Jesus. And he was hearing from him every single day, right? He was like, he was, he was, he was in communion with Jesus. And like, we know that just by looking at his life, reading about his life. And so we know that God was probably giving him, hey, won't you go do this? He was prompting him to, hey, go here, go to this city. Hey, go talk to these people. Hey, preach on this street corner. He was probably doing that. And so if Paul looked at his life as a big checklist, he probably would have, on his checklist was probably his checklist did not say get thrown into prison. And so if he would have got thrown into prison, like he did, his life would have been ruined. He wouldn't have been able to check off all the boxes that God had given him. And so if he, if he, if he looked at his life as a duty to God, man, he would have just lost all joy, man, God, what are you doing in my life, man? You're going to put me in this terrible situation, man. Like there's so much more out there for me. Like, dude, what's going on? Like, but instead I think Paul viewed his life as just one that just needed to be in delight in God to live in delight. And so we say that word delight, and that's not a word that we use very often. So Jeremy, help us understand what that word maybe delight means. 
well, I think it means to find um, complete satisfaction in, right? Like, like when, uh, you know, John Piper's got this great quote, which I was able to share with students last night, but God's most glorified in you, which we are creatures created to glorify God. So I should want to know how I can most glorify him. So if he's most glorified in me when I am what? Most satisfied in him, it says. So when he is what satisfies me, when he fills my soul with the peace, the strength, the joy that I need, that is being able to delight in that now, right? I'm able able to delight in him when I realize he's what I need to rely on. He's the one who gives me everything that I need. And so, yeah, and when we feel that way, when we have that connection, when, when we have delight in him, when he satisfies him, all of a sudden, all these checklist items that we have they, they, we do them, but we don't do them out of this like strict, you know, obedience is important, right? We would never say don't be obedient, right? but we don't do it out of this duty of obedience. We do it out of this love of obedience all of a sudden, right? This delight that leads us to do the things that God is calling us to do. And I think to your point about God was probably leading Paul in all these different areas. He hundred percent was. In fact, on his second missionary journey, Paul was planning to go north and God came to him in a vision and said, "No, buddy, you got to go. You got to go west," which led him to Philippi, and the church of Philippi is then planted. And then, you know, 10, 15 years later, we get this letter, and here we are reading it today, all because he was following what God was calling him to do. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And so, I know there are tons of students out there maybe even maybe even some of them listening right now that are going through a terrible situation and they're hearing the story of Paul getting thrown into prison and how he can have this joy in his life being being the being in the middle of it man Paul knows Paul knows exactly his purpose that God has given him even in the middle of the terrible situation and I know there's students out there who are saying man like I'm in the middle of just something I wish I never have ex- would have experienced in my entire life. Man, how can I have that joy? Man, how can I how can I know God has a purpose for me in this life? And so, man, Jeremy, like what would you say to that student who's just searching for that joy, searching for that purpose in their life? Yeah, so I think we all want joy. I think we all initially desire joy. I think the world wears us down sometimes, Isaac, and we decide, I don't even think that's attainable anymore. You know, I, th- I think we quit. I think we quit chasing it, to be honest with you. I, th- I think we quit chasing joy. We're just like, I'm just going to live in life and it's going to be tough all day. But here's the deal. If there's like, if there's a fire over there in that corner over there and I'm over here and I'm cold, how do I get warm? You got to take a couple steps over there. Dude, I got to draw near to the fire. Hmm. I got to move to the fire if I want to be warm. But we kind of live our lives over here like, I see it, but I'm just going to be stuck here. No, dude, I got to move. And so if we want joy, if we want this, I mean, honestly, happiness that comes from the Christian life, if we want this delight, this satisfaction that he, that he fills all of our needs, if we want that, the only way is to draw near to him. The only way. So Yeah, I don't think I could say any, anything more. That's right. I mean, just drawing close to God. I mean, Scripture says when we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. And so, man, that is a truth that you can hold on to in the middle of your terrible situation, whatever it is. We could go down the line on terrible situations you might be a part of right now, but whenever you draw near to God, I know and I believe from personal experience that He, God, 
will draw near to you. And so thank you guys so much for listening this week. We'll be back next week with chapter two of Philippians. And so if you want to get ahead, read ahead, why not go for it? We'll see you guys back here next week.